Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. I decided that I was going to take another opportunity to address some questions that I get from time to time as it relates to sales and business development, uh, just really uh, marketing yourself uh, and the such. And so today, uh, I wanted to address a topic that uh, I get quite often. It comes in different um, uh, fashions. And it ends up hitting different areas of the sales process, but really it's, uh, it, it comes back to confidence. Uh, it's uh, confidence in picking up the phone when you are prospecting uh, for the first time or when you're trying to reach out to people for the first time. It's confidence in executing on your sales process. And then uh, something that I've just been asked this last week uh, had to do with confidence in closing the sale or asking for uh, the deal. And so what I hope to do uh, over the next uh, little bit here is just address some of uh, the key issues that seem to present themselves uh, throughout uh, executing on the sales process, again, from uh, the initial cold call or outreach all the way to closing the sale in the end, try and debunk some myths that uh, people may believe and then really provide you some practical steps. So I'm just going to get those out of the way. I'll, I'll, I'll address those again later. But the three things that you uh, need to do, or the three, uh, yeah, the three things that you need to make sure you have in order to be as confident as possible in what you're about to do is number one, you need to be prepared. Number two, you need to know your stuff. And three, you need to serve your audience. All right, so let's get into some of those things and see if I can help you. Uh, if this is you, if this is where you've struggled, if uh, if this is where um, you just want to grow in, maybe you're not struggling, maybe you just want to get better in one of these areas. I want to help you do that, and so let's break this down and and, and see if I can help you out here. All right, so let's talk about number one first. And so again, whether this means uh, you are prospecting. Uh, or you're trying to ask for the deal at the very end, um, step one is extremely important or, or point number one is extremely important, important, and that's in preparation. So I see way too many people that are not prepared and not prepared in uh, all different steps of the sales process. I've actually been um, party to meetings in which uh, we're driving over to the meeting for a final presentation and the person that I'm with that is leading the meeting is doing their final preparation in the car on the way over. I mean, what an absolute disaster. What a disrespect to the sales process, to the client you're about to serve. I mean, frankly, that's just garbage. Um, but it doesn't just happen there. It happens in prospecting all the time too. You pick up the phone, you make a call, God forbid you get somebody on the phone and you don't know who they are, you don't know what they do, um, uh, you just you, you screw up right from the beginning and that's all because you have um, failed to prepare. Um, uh, there's a quote that I've heard uh, time and time again in different areas and it says that if you fail to plan, you've planned to fail. 
And I believe that this is absolutely the case as it relates to sales. And so um, I've created a tool that I'm going to link in the show notes about uh, that has to do with pre-planning for meetings to make sure that you are as prepared as possible for every meeting that you go into, for every prospecting call that you go into. Um, if you've ever worked with me before, you know that um, I am all about quality, not quantity as it relates to prospecting, outbound cold calling and outreach. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of the primary reasons is because in quality, if we're looking for quality and not quantity, then you will be a lot better prepared because you are more focused on the few that trying to spread yourself super duper thin. So it's all about preparation. Um, you need to make sure that you uh, that you know who it is that you're reaching out to. I mean, we are in a day and age when you can find out what somebody likes to eat and drink if you just research them uh, enough. Uh, social media profiles are very public. We can typically find information uh, on people's Facebook profile, Instagram feed, Twitter feed. I mean, these are things that are very public and you can, you can begin to understand their behaviors, uh, their likes, their dislikes, uh, their alignments to certain ideology. And while you don't need to use those uh, to make up some story, you can use those things to get a better understanding for or to who you're speaking to. And so it's absolutely critical that you do as much research as possible ahead of time. I would go as far as to say you should spend more time researching than you do outreaching. Um, there is some wisdom that needs to go into that practice. But but if you want to be confident in, in the phone call that you're about to make, because I mean, whether you are willing to admit it or not, picking up that phone is so stinking hard to do. That's why we all hide behind email and digital outreach. And not that there's anything wrong with that, because I believe that digital outreach is a com crucial component to, to outbound prospecting, but there is nothing better. There is nothing more effective than picking up the phone outside of being face-to-face -face with that prospect. And so if you have to choose, I say, choose to pick up the phone. Be confident in your ability to pick up the phone. And I'm going to get into some other things that are going to help with that confidence and picking up the phone. But, but one of the, the, the key things, one of the first steps that you need to take in building that confidence in going in and absolutely uh, just crushing that phone call, uh, that, uh, that prospect uh, conversation is to be prepared. Know your stuff. Again, uh, look for the uh, link in the show notes to uh, my uh, meeting prep tool. It's going to be very helpful in getting the basics of uh, each one of your prospects so you know who it is you're calling and and, and knowing what you're going to say. That, that's another thing that's really important. Um, far too often, uh, you see, uh, I've actually been on the receiving end of somebody cold calls me. Uh, it happens to me all the time. I get calls all, all the time. And they call me and they want to know who's in charge of something. And it's just absurd to me because my life is so public, it's almost embarrassing at times. And yet, if they did a little bit of research on me, they would know that I am a one-man show. I mean, I've got some people behind the scenes that support me and do some work for me administratively, but anything having to do with the decision-making... Um, in, in, in any aspect of my business, that's me. And so when they lead out a conversation with, 
Uh, I'd like to know who's in charge of uh, your outbound uh, marketing budget. I'm like, you're stupid. And I hang up. No, I don't do that. But I'm just disappointed right away. And, and I will actually typically call them out on that. I will let them know that, you know what? You should have done your research because I am the person in charge of that. And you could have found that by searching my profile on LinkedIn. And so for that and other reasons, thank you, but no thank you. And we disconnect our call. So you want to make sure that you've you've done your research, that you're prepared, that you know who you're calling, um, that you know what you're going to say. Again, I get people that reach out to me and they fumble. Like we get through a few minutes of a call and I have no idea what the heck they're trying to sell me or even what they're trying to tell me. I don't. I, so that means that I have no idea if there's any value whatsoever to to having a conversation with them, never mind giving them money or time, which is typically a lot more valuable even than the money itself. And so you want to make sure that in preparation, uh, and we'll get into point two in a minute, which is going to tie into this in preparation, you want to make sure that you know exactly what you're going to say. Too many people are afraid to use scripts. And I say scripts are for professionals. Use a script. Do not be robotic in how you read it, but you should have a script for every scenario, um, every role, every product, every service that you're going to pitch or communicate to somebody else. And so you want to make sure that you have your scripts built out, that they are up in front of you, that you've prepared um, uh, for rejections uh, or, or objections that you're going to get. Again, um, I talk a lot about in my 10 tools for sales success. Uh, one of those tools is objection deflection skills. That means that you've got to be prepared. You've got to know what people are going to say to you and you've got to know all the ways people are going to reject you. We get rejected often enough in sales that we will definitely know what's coming. And so we need to be prepared for that with, again, written statements. Because too often we get caught off guard. It's like some re for some reason we don't expect that somebody's going to reject us. Like we either expect that we're going to get a voicemail, and so that's an easy way out, or we expect that they're going to buy from us. And we should never expect a voicemail. Always expect to get somebody on the phone. But then second to that is don't expect that they're just going to automatically want to do business with you. Like they're going to tell you no 99.9% .9 of the time. You're just not that good. And frankly, they just don't need you that bad, probably. And so you've got to be prepared to overcome those objections. Not with stupid uh, features and benefits, but with really good value statements. And more than that, I take that back. With really good value-soaked questions. You've got to turn it back around and you've got to ask valuable open-ended questions that, um, uh, that will get them to think about what they just told you no to. Um, okay, so uh, that's enough here. Uh, I can get into um, uh, hours and hours of the things that you should say and how you should say them. But my point uh, in, in having the confidence to either reach out for the first time or ask for the deal in the end is to be prepared. If you are prepared, you are going to be far ahead of the majority of your competition. You're going to have a lot more confidence because you know what you're going to say, what you're not going to say, and how you're going to say it. Um, and you're just going to do a much better job overall. So uh, as it relates to confidence in opening the door or closing the deal, point number one is about being prepared. Okay, number two, and this ties in a little bit to preparation, 
uh, but um, but but it is it's 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 separate uh, point here, and it's this idea of knowing your stuff. And I alluded to this a little bit in some of the conversations, or in some of what I just said earlier. But I cannot tell you how disappointed and surprised I am to hear so many salespeople that really don't know their stuff. I mean, they know probably typically the features and benefits. Uh, the actual product and or service that they provide. But too many people, they don't know their industry. They don't know their clients. They don't know uh, what makes their clients tick. They don't know um, what pisses their clients off. Uh, They don't know what's been tried and true by the best in their industry. And they don't know what's been an epic failure uh, by, uh, by those in their industry. So it's important, absolutely critical that you know your stuff. And let me um, uh, let me talk about this a little bit. So um, I have been in quite a few different sales organizations and environments in which we are hiring brand new salespeople. Literally, they haven't had a sales job before. Uh, they come in um, uh, not off the street, but uh, but uh, through uh, an organization uh, in one particular company. We were sourcing through an organization, phenomenal recruiting firm uh, by the name of it's slipping me right now, and I'll get back to it in a few minutes. Uh, but um, uh, athletes to careers—that's what it's called. Athletes to careers. I'm actually going to give a shout out right now to Randy Young of Athletes to Careers, Randy Blood of Athletes to Careers. See how I do that. Um, Randy Blood of Athletes to Careers. It's a phenomenal recruiting organization that does a lot to help prepare and develop uh, college athletes uh, to become future sales stars. Uh, so uh, it was a fantastic organization. We found a lot of success there. I really appreciate those guys. If you're looking to recruit salespeople, I, I would pick up the phone and call Randy. I will link contact information to him in the show notes as well. Uh, so um, so we would do that. We would, we would uh, work with Athletes to Careers uh, we would recruit and bring in uh, these uh, young uh, individuals that uh, have had some success in the world, that have proven to have some good discipline, uh, the uh, the right habits. Uh, again, not that you're always going to hit a home run with people because you know they may not be a fit for you, you may not be a fit for them after a little while. But but it was a pretty good process, and uh, so we would bring them in. Uh, but they had no sales experience, right? They had never had any experience in sales. And so there was a fear to some degree that because they didn't have experience in sales and they had no experience in our industry, that it was just going to be a disaster trying to get them up to speed. And there's some truth to that. But if you have the right process in place, you can definitely be successful. Uh, And beyond that, and, and, and this is to my point of knowing your stuff, what I would always say is, is I was less concerned about them being industry experts and more concerned with them being sales experts and not in the cheesy um, uh, sales tactic kind of way, but I could fairly quickly uh, get people to understand and have a deep-seated belief in, uh, in, in the value that we were providing and so then I could teach them the right questions to ask uh, in order to have um, those base level conversations. And so they knew their stuff in the sense of they knew the basics about what they uh, what the industry was that they were in. They knew the basics about the clients that they were serving. We would we would work that into the training. And then 
knowing their stuff, and this goes back to being prepared, they knew what they were going to say. They had studied their scripts. They had studied their objection rejection skills. Uh, they had um, they had done as much as they possibly could to know their stuff ahead of time. And so for their job, which was to open doors and then set consultants up to go in and close the deal, they did a phenomenal job doing that overall. And so that at that level, in that role, that's about knowing your stuff. If you are a seasoned professional, if you consider yourself to be a sales professional and professional uh, at the most basic level means you know your stuff, you execute on your stuff, and you're able to do that time and time again and, and achieve good results. Um, if you consider yourself to be a professional in your industry, you should know the ins and outs of your industry. Obviously, things change all the time, and there's going to be um, there's going to be certain areas or certain nuances that you're not going to understand. Maybe you specialize in one specific vertical. That's fine, but whomever you're going to sell to. And whatever it is you're going to sell to them, uh, you better know your stuff. And you've got to believe in the stuff that you know. You know, um, again, like I hear this so often where salespeople are selling stuff that it's just clear they, they don't believe in it at all. Like they're, the, they're in that industry because there's money to be made. And that's just a total crock. Like get out of, get out of our industry. Get out of our profession. I don't want salespeople selling stuff that they don't believe in. I want passionate people in, in my industry, in my role, in my profession, because I want to build a good name for salespeople. And the reason salespeople have built a bad name is because they do crap and sell crap and they don't even believe in it. They just, they're all about the money. Um, all right, tangent over. Uh, so this gets back to, again, knowing your stuff. You've got to make sure that you know your stuff. Be an expert. Be a student of your craft. Uh, there have been a few sales professionals that I've worked with and um, um, and led over the years and teams I've led, but very few, very very few, have been uh, students of their craft. And one one uh, professional in particular, I was um, I was always blown away. I was always um, uh, just uh, amazed at what a student he was. Uh, he was constantly listening to the recordings of his sales calls. He was constantly studying uh, his industry. Uh, he was a student of his craft. And uh, I was a team leader for him at the time. And I was proud to have him on the team because he was a great example of what a sales professional is and does. So know your stuff, believe in your stuff. Again, I could go into tons and tons of detail there, but for sake of time and not boring the living crap out of you, um, that's enough. So back to it. Point one, if you want to be confident in opening doors and closing deals, be prepared, number one. And number two, know your stuff. Okay, so that leaves number three. And this one, this may be the most important one to me. Um, most people will say this is the most important one to them. Their behavior shows me and tells me differently, but, um, but this one is, is my most important one. And this one is serve your audience. So you need to be prepared. You need to know your stuff, but boy, oh boy, if you don't serve your audience, if you, if your first purpose, if your primary purpose in selling a product or service 
is not to serve your audience. Um, I, I don't want to be too critical here because I know sometimes this can be a challenge for people. I guess there are there are some some reasons why that would be the case. But ultimately, I believe that if you want to be a successful salesperson, you need to serve your audience. If you want to be a confident salesperson, you need to serve your audience. All right, so let's talk about what that means. Does that mean that um, you should give away the farm and just roll over for the salesperson? I mean, for the for the prospect or for the client? I paused long enough because I hope you thought about that for a second. And the answer is no. Um, you should not roll over. You should not work for free. I don't believe you should really ever work for free because that just devalues who you are and what you're doing. And it, um, and it devalues the skin that that prospect or client is willing to put into the game. So be careful if you're going to give away anything at all, because I think everything has value. And if you're doing something for free, that probably means it doesn't have value. That means it's not necessary uh, to the client or prospect. Um, okay. So, uh, but, but serving your audience beyond that, it's not just that, um, you, you've got to make sure that you're looking out for their best interest. You've got to make sure that you, that you want to help them. You've got to be willing to help them more than you're willing to help yourself. That doesn't mean again, that you just you know, just give away the farm. But what that means is, is you are probably going to have to make sacrifices at some point. You're probably going to have to um, um, do things that you otherwise would wish not to do because uh, of, a, of a specific circumstance. But ultimately, you need to be willing to put the client first. And I hear salespeople, they all say this. Everybody says that they put the client first. It's all about the client, yada, yada, yada until they actually have to put their money where their mouth is, and then it's not about the client. Um, so many of you know that uh, the most recent industry that I uh, worked in and an industry that I continue to serve in uh, by way of consulting and coaching for uh, both businesses and individuals is the health insurance industry. And oh my gosh, this is one of the worst industries um, for serving their audience. And why do I say that? I say that because um, they just don't do it. Or at least I will say that their actions, um, they, they don't back up their words. So let me, let me break that down for, for a second. Uh, so in health insurance, uh, particularly as an insurance broker, you, um, your, your compensation is typically tied to the amount of premium that your client pays. And so as we all know, most of us know, our insurance costs over the last so many years have continued to skyrocket. I mean, year after year, they're increasing, increasing and increasing. And guess who benefits from that? I mean, definitely the insurance companies do, uh, any provider that's jacking up their rates, they do. But guess who else does? The broker. The broker uh, because their commission's directly tied to premium, they get an increase every time that client gets an increase. And so I see too many brokers that are more concerned with protecting their commission than they are with protecting their client. They're not willing to offer a less expensive product or service or a different plan design because they're afraid to lose money. And that is just such nonsense. But it's not just in that industry. You know, um, I see coaches and consultants that they 
They back people into contracts. I've talked about this before. They back people into contracts uh, because uh, they are good salespeople and they can convince people into buying a big, long package. The problem is, is that doesn't serve their audience because what happens if that coach sucks? I mean, I have a gentleman that I've been working with for a little while, uh, uh, just helping him out. And that happened to him. I mean, he's working with a coach that sucks and he can't get out of it. He's already paid the guy money. It's just so stupid. And it just frustrates me because it gives coaches like me a really bad name. And so if you're trying to back people into contracts to protect your money for a long period of time, stop it. You don't need to do that. That's not the way that you serve your audience. You serve your audience by providing so much value that they can't help but continue to want to work with you. And if you're serving your audience, you will be a lot more confident in opening that door or closing that deal. I mean, I, I talk about this a lot of times as it relates to belief in ourselves as we try and sell our product and service. You so want to believe that what you do is for the best of the client that you will stop at nothing to get in front of them and tell them that. I mean, you want to believe that it's a disservice for your client or your prospect to not know what it is that you do or not know how your product or service can help them to make money, save money, save time, add some more time to their day, uh, ultimately that it will not or that it will help them to achieve their goals. You want to believe that that is absolutely the case. Believe that you can help. That is serving your audience. Find ways to provide value to them before you even begin to work with them. I mean, when I work with um, or, or when I um, am in the community, I do a lot in social networking. Or, and uh, so between LinkedIn and Instagram, I get people that reach out to me and they ask me uh, questions. How can you help me? Or I have this problem. I don't tell them that I'm going to uh, charge them a fee. Uh, as a matter of fact, if somebody wants to work with me, more often than not, we set we schedule a one-hour consultation and I try my hardest to solve their problem before they even pay me. Because guess what? If I can solve their problem in an hour, it was not worth their money to pay me. And if I can't, then we get to decide whether I can solve their problem at all or help them to solve their problem or we're not a good fit for each other. But we can get that out of the way ahead of time so they're not wasting money on me because that is not serving my client. I want to serve my client and you should want to serve your client too. And that really is the tail end of this whole idea of confidence, right? I mean, if we're prepared and we know our stuff, then ultimately serving our audience should be easy. If not, then we just have some ethical or moral issue that we need to overcome that, that, that is far beyond just simple practical tips and tactics. So uh, back, to, um, back to the original question as I, kind of, as I wrap up uh, this episode uh, is I want, to, I want to instill in you um, this idea that uh, confidence is critical to being successful in sales. Confidence is absolutely critical to picking up the phone and making prospecting calls every single day or every other day or every week, whatever your rhythm is. Confidence is crucial to get out and show your best stuff in a presentation. And confidence is critical to closing the deal. If you don't have confidence in those areas, you need to take a step back. You need to evaluate whether or not you should be in sales to begin with. And if you still feel like it's the right career path for you, then you need to, you need to work on your confidence through these three steps or three points, through a lot of other things. 
But at the end of the day, if you have confidence, man, I mean, you are just going to kick doors down, blow doors open, and you are going to exceed your sales goals year in and year out. Um, people often ask me, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish here. People often ask me um, why I'm in the profession that I'm in. Like, w- what makes me think that I can coach other people or I can consult other businesses or I can stand up in front of a crowd and, uh, and share some um, tips and tools uh, to become a better salesperson, a better business development professional, a better leader? What, what gives me the um, confidence to be able to do that? Um, or, or what gives me the right, I guess, is I, I think where a lot of times people are asking. And I just believe in myself. Look it, there are other phenomenal coaches out there. There are phenomenal consultants and speakers and trainers. Some of them are my dear friends, and I would be happy to refer people to them. But it's not about them. It's about me. And I believe with my whole heart that I have been given a unique set of gifts and talents as I was created by God. I believe that I was fashioned with these unique abilities that I've worked hard to develop over the years. I've spent time training. I've spent time receiving, reading, listening to other podcasts, watching other training. I've invested a ton in myself to build upon those gifts and talents that I was given because I believe this is what I was born to do. I believe with my whole heart that every time I take money from one of my clients, I believe that I can give them way more than they're willing to or able to pay me. I believe that every time I ask a a prospective client for an opportunity to work together, I believe with my whole heart that I can help them out. I am done years and years ago, done with asking people for business if I don't believe that I'm the best fit for them. But I'm confident enough to say that if I spend the time to, to, to build that relationship ahead of asking somebody for business, I am confident that if I'm going to ask them for business, I'm going to crush it for them. And I do believe each and every time that I go out to work with a client that I am giving it my all, that I am giving it my best. I am so confident in myself. This is not cockiness. And don't mistake the two because they're very, very different. I'm confident in what I know. I'm confident in the way that I work. I'm confident in how I serve. I am prepared. I know my stuff. And I'm still learning my stuff over and over and over again. Every day I'm learning. And above all else, I will and I do and I will stop at nothing to serve my audience. So if you're struggling with confidence, I hope that you've been able to take some practical tips and helpful things away from this. Uh, Again, I'm going to link that meeting preparation tool in my show notes. So you can have that. You can download that. That's yours for free. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'll link my uh, contact information in the show notes as well. I mean, obviously, I'm public on all kinds of social media, so you can get me everywhere. But Uh, feel free to reach out to me. If you have some simple questions, I'd be more than happy to respond via email or even schedule a 30-minute call to try and walk you through that, help you out to the best of my ability. And and just like anybody else, if you feel like there's a possibility that uh, you would want to work with me, let's set up an hour consultation. I'm going to do it for nothing. Uh, It's going to be your time and my time, so I guess it's not nothing, but I'm not going to ask you for any money. I'm going to try and help you to solve your problem. And if at the end of that, we determine that we need to do more together, we can do that. And if not, that's fine. I just want to do my best to help you out. I want the people out there in my profession. I say my profession because I'm one of the salespeople out there. 
I want professional. I want, I want people in my profession to be professionals. I don't want garbage. I don't want junk. So please do not be junk. Be confident. Go out there. Crush it. Be the professional, hopefully, that you were created to be. With that, thanks so much for joining another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. I hope you're enjoying these solo episodes and me just kind of providing some practical tools and tips, getting off on some rants and tangents. Uh, All in all, I hope you're appreciating it. I hope you're enjoying it. If you get some time, I would appreciate you to jump on iTunes and uh, leave me a five-star positive review with some great feedback. That definitely helps me to continue to provide the best possible content uh, that I can uh, to these podcasts. Uh, and, and also, it helps other people to see my podcast as those ratings grow. Uh, other people will see them. They will. They, it will uh, be shared with them. And then hopefully, they will find value in it as well. So with that, thank you so much. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.